Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Callahan, And hey everybody, I'm Mark Schenk. And the purpose of the podcast is to help build your business story repertoire. So we, we share each week a story that you can use. Now we're going to do something different this week. We're going to share, instead of a specific story, we're going to share a type of story. Uh, and so in this episode, we're going to focus on what we call strategic stories where yeah. you convert strategies into uh, a story. Yeah, I can't wait. It's um, obviously something we do a lot of, isn't it, Mark? And uh, they're, they're just such a useful story type to have in your back pocket. But I guess what we want our listeners to do this time around is, you know, we'll obviously share a bunch of stories as we go along. See if you can spot them and think to yourself, okay, yeah, that's a story I can reuse. So um, pop it in your... Uh, in your story bank, the ones you think that could be useful. Yeah, so it might be a, a test to see how many stories we can get out in this. Uh, okay, in this one there's the challenge. There's the challenge. So perhaps so we can start by talking about the problem. Yeah, yeah, the, the problem, problem of communicating. Right? Yeah, what is the business problem? So what do you find, Mark? You know, what what are the sort of things people come and ask you to 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 solve for them in relation to strategy stories? Uh, it depends. So different groups have different reasons for wanting this. So uh, business leaders often go, I need help communicating this strategy that's been developed. And so there's a, a document and there's a slide deck, but I still don't get it. And my people ask me questions and I can't answer them. So that's one, yeah. one type yeah. of problem. Yeah. Um, I, I often get the one where the organisation, uh, the executive group have just come together. Maybe they've just got a new CEO, you know, a few new members on the executive team, and they're not all on the same page oh. in relation to the strategy. <laughs> 2012, when we were working for that global not-for-profit, and they'd spent a year working on their strategy, the board and the executive team. And, and I remember in that first meeting, you told me about it. Uh, there was 12 people I think it was 12 people in the room and yep. you said okay so you've spent a year working on a strategy just write down the one thing the most important thing for this organisation to focus on in the next 12 months on a piece of paper and you collected up the pieces of paper and there were 13 responses yes <laughs> that's right that's <laughs> sorry remarkable. 13 different responses because yes. one person firstly that everybody <laughs> had different responses and secondly that somebody said you know had to have two yeah um, another another one which I run into quite a bit is where they've done the typical sort of roadshow, you know, where they've got the CEO and the executives have gone around the country or even more broadly through, you know, different parts of the world and they've done the big presentation, you know, the big powerful point deck and razzmatazz and all that sort of stuff. And we had one um, organisation came to us and, and said that, uh, about a month after the big roadshow, uh, the CEO was was watching one of the division heads talk to her her team or her group, and she started off by sort of saying, "Okay, you know, we had the big roadshow, you know, a month ago. Uh, um, so tell me, just what were the key things out of the strategy? The key, you know, strategic choices." And it was like nothing, you know. You got tumbleweeds going through that uh, auditorium. And she's, she goes, no, 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 you know, you know, whatever comes to your mind. In the end, she had to uh, draw 
specifically from a couple of her direct reports uh, before she could get something that was well, was vaguely related to the strategy. And the CEO just thought to himself, oh my God, we've just spent an absolute bucket load on that roadshow. And really, you know, people very have very little recall of what was actually being said. Yeah, so, and, and I guess that's another one of the business problems is that people, you know, organisations invest huge amounts of money in developing the strategy and then yeah. they can spend huge sums of money on a launch, a roadshow, etc., and the return on that investment is often really low because yeah. I think, not, not I think, in, in 2005, Kaplan and Norton, the guys who developed the balanced scorecard, which was kind of the global standard for strategic planning uh, back in the 90s and through to the, you know, the mid-noughties. Anyway, article in Harvard Business Review. You can read it. It's called The Office of Strategy Management. And uh, the second paragraph starts with the sentence, our research over the last 15 years shows that 95% of people in organizations don't understand the strategy and can't explain their role in bringing that strategy to life. And when you think about the money that's spent on developing strategy and then doing the roadshow launchy stuff, the, the, that's a terrible return on investment. <laughs> it reminds me of... Um, uh an anecdote that was recounted to me from a telco. So uh, I was talking to the head of strategy and they'd done their strategy exercise. And, and what they did was they, they emailed the PowerPoint deck to all of the leaders and, say, and said, you know, here's the PowerPoint deck, here's the script, um, please you know, communicate this with your teams. And he happened to sit in on one of these sessions. It was a pretty big group, so they didn't. He, he wasn't an obvious person in the group. And the leaders stood up and sort of went, clicked to you know, the first slide. Uh, yeah, this is our strategy. Second slide, looks at it. Yeah, not too sure what that is. Clicks to the third slide. Yeah, not that one. Fourth, um, said a few vague things. And the strategy guy was had his head in his hands <laughs> going, oh no, what's going on? And, you know, just imagining that being replicated uh, thousands of times across his business. And, um, and it's, it's worse than not communicating it because the people who are listening, are like they are completely sceptical now about anything to do with the strategy. Yeah. And that's why engagement scores don't go down. And, and you know, they measure specifically in many engagement surveys uh, people's feelings about how well they think their leaders can articulate the strategy, right? And that comes up quite a bit as well. Well, yeah. so what do you reckon? Well, uh, the, the, the engagement score is a good one, right? Because people yeah. are saying, I don't understand the strategy. And it's not just the strategy. Uh, it's transformation of e e efforts and, and uh, uh, you know, huge IT implementations and things like that. Any sort of change, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, any sort of big change like that, the, the feedback from staff is bad. But the other thing is, so the, there's a gap between, well, leaders are a lot, they're nowhere near as good at communicating the strategy as they self-assess as being. Oh, yeah, of course. Everyone's a pro, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember in, uh, I was in Malaysia uh, maybe 18 months ago late 2018, working with an insurance company there, New Strategy, uh, and part you know, my job was to uh, help them turn the strategy into a strategic story and then learn how to tell their versions for each of them. And at the start of the day, I, I, I said, 
does anybody want to have a go at communicating a strategy? Because you've all been involved in the strategy development. Uh, does anyone think they can talk about the strategy coherently in five minutes or less? Anyway, three people got up and had a go and, and they only had five minutes. And at the end of it, I got them to do a self-assessment and they, they self-assessed as being uh, uh, coherent and impactful. Their peers, <laughs> their peers were not so generous. Their peers <laughs> said... Right. <laughs> Their peers' ass- uh, assessment was rambling and incoherent. Wow. Yeah, I was... And, 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 were, and were the different, you know, recountings, were they quite different? Look, I, 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 I've spent, well, the amount of grey hair I've got, I've spent a lot of years in the world of strategy. I couldn't figure out what any of them were talking about. The, th- right. the three of them. I'm, and they did I'm it listening. in three different ways. They did it in three different ways. So there you go. Three, completely, three completely different incoherent descriptions of the strategy. Right. Um, at the end of it, I had zero idea of, of what they were doing or why. Mm, interesting. So you can sort of see it's a, it's a, it's a big problem, right? It's a, a problem that happens at every sort of organization that we bump into. There's not that many that do strategy communication really well, I don't think, but but I suppose that's the that's the starting point. This is where these types of stories, if you hear those types of problems, this is where this type of story approach can actually be really useful. Um, Perhaps it's worth spending a minute or two just talking about what some of the key reasons why this is a problem. Yeah, so, go, go so for it. it's like what do you what do you say? Well, uh, for me, there's there's three main reasons why we're not so good at it. The first one is that we talk in abstract language. Oh, if we can strategically reposition the organisation to take advantage of emerging market opportunities, then we can coalesce our our system infrastructure to create opportunities for better customers. Yeah, blah blah blah. You're very good at that, Mark. I am. Just... Be- <laughs> I, can, I can talk rubbish with the best of them. <laughs> Anyway, so we, 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 we have strategies that sound like that and they are completely ambiguous and everyone who listens to them has a different interpretation if they even bother to listen to you. Right. Like, yeah, because exactly. I, you know, like I'm sure you've sat through the same sort of strategy presentations and just been looking at your watch going, I wonder how long this is going to take. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What's number so two? The first one, um, the uh, curse of knowledge is number two um, in that I understand it and I assume that you understand it and therefore I communicate it, making assumptions about your level of understanding that are untrue. So it's a curse of knowledge, uh, the expert's disease. Once you know something, it's almost impossible to imagine what it's like to not know it. And it causes us to say things. Um, in fact, I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was preparing for a video and I was just coaching them and uh, they were talking about resilience and uh, they wanted, they used an analogy which was very good about resilience being a raincoat, uh, like a raincoat. And so, uh, it helps you, if it's raining, it, it, it makes you more resistant to the rain. If you do get wet, you know, if it's raining heavily, uh, you know, there's a lot of stress and it, some of it gets through, well, uh, you're, you're, you're shielded, right? It, it, it has less impact on you and it helps you recover quickly. And in the course of doing that, they talked about, uh, resilience, res- resilience resources about five times. At the end of it, I said, I spent my entire time listening to that going, what is a resilience resource? Anyway, in right. their mind, they understood exactly what they meant. Yes. But, but, and once I pointed out to them, I went, oh my goodness, I haven't said 
anything about resilience resources. Anyway, we do this all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And, and the what's third, your third one? one? The third one is uh, rushing to the details. So be- telling people what you want them to do before you tell them why you want them to do it. Gotcha. Yes, that's right. It's almost like I find that happens too, especially when uh, the audience sort of cocks their head and they're sort of going, oh, I don't quite understand. And, and instead of giving the bigger picture, they dive into the details, thinking yeah, that if you give you all way. the details, it's just going to become miraculously you know, obvious. Right? They're and, good. And they're really good. They, they, they really set the picture, don't they, in terms yeah. of why this, why this is important. And I love I what you said there about the, about the kind of we go the wrong way when we kind of sense that people aren't getting it. We go into the details more. Um, yes. And some beautiful research about how you give people details when they don't understand the big picture. It's almost like you're saying blah, blah, blah. Right, right. It's yeah, probably can't good. take it in. Yeah. yeah. Now, what it's about like the, a thumb? We should give them a thumbnail on what a strategy story yeah, so, looks yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. So, so what are you going to do about this? <laughs> well, you know, I think a couple of the, a couple of things that are useful to do. Well, maybe I'll just I'll just draw a little picture of what these strategy stories look like, right? In terms of their structure, right? So they got a simple structure, well, the ones we do anyway, and that is they're based on the clarity story, which uh, I wrote about in putting uh, stories to work, and they have four parts, and they are simply so. In the past, it was like this, and then something happened, so now we're doing these. You know, strategic choices, so the future can be like that. And and the, and the beauty of it is that because it's so simple, people can tell this off the top of their head without any notes, and they can add their own personal anecdotes to it to bring it to life. So that's really all there is to a good strategy story. Now, of course, Mark and I can talk to the cows come home about all the details of that, but in terms of um, the overarching picture of the structure is just in the past it was like this, then something happened, and of course that's where the crux of the story is in many ways. So now that's why we're doing this, so in the future it can be like that. Um, you want to add something there, Mark? Just that uh, when we give people examples of the typical way of doing it, so you know, there's many videos out there of leaders telling st- doing strategy the normal way. And then there are a very few uh, examples of leaders using a strategy story. And people like uh, Richard Branson and Steve Jobs, they, they do it regularly. Um, so there's, you know, we do research. Steve Jobs show- doesn't do it so regularly now, I find. Uh, yes, good point. He's, he's slacked nice off a little bit just nice. recently. His, 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 output has, his, his output has reduced. <laughs> That's not funny. That is not funny. <laughs> um, uh. Uh, um, and I've lost my train of thought. You know? Oh, no, I know. I'll find you on so that. The research, the research. So we show people videos of, of a leader, first of all, doing it the traditional way, using what we call the assertion method. You know, we're going to strategically reposition the organization. And we just get them to write down one or two words that are their, what's their response to that. And yeah. the, the response is boring, incoherent, arrogant, blah. It's really negative. Like it's, it's, and they don't pull punches on no, it, do they? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uninteresting, passionless. Uh, anyway, and then you show them the the videos of Branson or Jobs, who are just use a really, really simple 
structure, like you know the clarity story structure that you outlined. And the response is engaging, inspiring, emotional, uh, inclusive, coherent, uh, yeah. uh, compelling, impactful, complete transformation. And it's just, it's really, you just take the same strategy and you just communicate it using a simple narrative structure called the clarity story. Yeah, that's right. So what, um, what do we see as the impact out of this? Like from the people who do it, what do you find here are some of the results of something like this, Mark? And from your experience, it stands out for you. Well, I guess in terms of some examples, because it's, it's, it, there are some places where we have got quantitative uh, data to reflect and, and say so you've got a very good one, which I'm sure you'll talk to. But uh, an, an example from uh, uh, 2018 where a global company, uh, the Asia-Pac uh, region, was undertaking a, a transformation project which was globally directed but regionally executed. And uh, the head of finance for the, for the Asia-Pac region um, he had a bunch of people uh, who were all out there trying to do the transformation. And this is a big change. This is moving from many, many decentralized units to, to have a, a much higher level of centralization, lower levels of autonomy, greater levels of consistency. And they needed to do it because they'd done some benchmarking that said they are in the, the top 25% in terms of cost of delivery. And in a, in a low margin, uh, fast moving business, they couldn't stay in business. Doing. So, Big change. His the feedback from from the finance people across the region in the engagements. They they regularly did a pulse check in terms of how, you know, the, the transformation. And before we started, and the reason they called us is that hardly anyone understood the the, uh, the transformation and why it was happening. About eight months later, the people the people understanding this, the transformation has increased like twenty five percent from a from a you know mid 30s up to uh, nearly 60 so uh, a huge yeah. difference but the That's interesting nice. thing is that the, the guy himself uh, went from being a really smart cookie who spoke in a way that people kind of go oh, I wish I could understand this guy because he seems really smart to being really compelling to the extent that when he went and, and pitched uh, uh, globally what he was doing in terms of the transformation they went, wow, that's amazing, and they promoted him into a global role. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, as you were saying that, it reminded me that, um, do you remember that very early project we did for the, for the it was a global oil company, and oh, they I... were doing a big SAP rollout, and about, I mean, maybe 18 months into the SAP rollout, they they realized that their CFOs in all the different countries around the world actually didn't know why exactly or could, didn't have a coherent and unified uh, ex, you know, um, description of why they were doing this. It was, it was in the billions of dollars, this rollout, right? And, and so we got engaged to do this project uh, in... Uh, in about five, well, we must have been in three or four different continents, I would say. Yeah, I remember I went to um, Houston. Yeah. Um, we Don't did say the where. You might, give away, you might give away the company if you say mm. exactly where for those smart oil people out there. Um, but, the, uh, but the thing was, which was amazing was just you know, getting those CFOs in a room together and taking them through the process. And as we said, that, 
that issue of just getting people on the same page. Um, so that was a that was a watershed project for us because it really showed that this the simple structures, simple story structures, really do make a a big difference. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting the just the different ways in which you know this can actually have an impact. Um, the the other the last one that I have in my mind is just uh, the the one we did last year where. Um, you know the the process is not just creating the story. You have to embed the not only the strategy story, but examples of the strategy actually happening, right? So it's more than just hey, let's just craft a story, teach people how to tell it, and you know Bob's your uncle. Uh, if you really want to change a culture and you know really have an impact on on the change, you have to change the stories that are being told, right? So with this insurance company, we were. Uh, working over 12 months with them on their strategy story and in this embedding process. And at the end of that period, I thought, oh, well, I'll just give them a call to sort of see how things are going. And uh, rang up the, the sort of core team, if you like. It was a few OD people, a few comms people. And they really, you know, insurance people are pretty serious, uh, serious guys, right? So, but this time I ring up. Uh, and I'm on a teleconference. I'm in Melbourne. They're up in Sydney, and they're all laughing, right? giggling, and, so, and it sounded like little kids. And I was like, "I'm going, what's what's going on here?" You know? And I said, "Guys, what's happening?" And they said, "Oh, we've just got our engagement survey back. Um, you know, it's a 12 monthly thing that they do." She said, "Around the area of understanding the strategy, we'd actually jumped five points," and and they follow that up quickly by saying. And that's unheard of. Yeah, that's know. like a ten percent. That was a ten percent increase. Yeah, it was amazing. And these—they're all excited because they could put it down into their performance improvement plans. And get a bonus. <laughs> Maybe get a bonus. But uh, apart from that, these guys were really wanting to make a big change to this business, and it was actually happening. And they put a lot of it down to the fact that um, their leaders could all stand without notes. Someone asked them, "So why are we doing, you know, strategic story, uh, strategic choice X?" They could sort of say, well, let me put this in context. Um, look, in the past, we were like this. And, of course, then we had these things happen. And because of that, we're doing this thing, right? And, um, and it's got these elements to it. Uh, and you know what? In the future, just imagine this. And then they would descri- describe an imaginary future. And in that simple structure, they were just able to uh, stand and tell it in their own words, you know, in their own way. And they would even throw in their own little anecdotes, you know, where they got to the bit where it sort of said, and then something happened, they'd say, you know, I remember that day. I went up to the CEO and I said to him, you know, they might tell this little story. And, and, and the whole thing just comes alive. It's amazing. So anyway, that's the type of impact I think this sort of thing can have for you. Yeah, and of course, one of the tests is, can people talk coherently and authentically about the strategy without needing to read stuff out. Can yeah. I just have that conversation as you were describing? That is a, a big test. And really, it's almost impossible to pass that test unless the story is in narrative form because we're really wired for stories and it makes sense. You're going on a bit of a journey in the past, blah, blah, blah. Can I say, Mark, that there are a couple of fake strategy stories out there. And what I just mean a couple? by that... Well, I saw a classic where a big consulting company, you know, 
I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, a big strategy consulting company, you know, one of the famous ones, um, had done this significant piece of work, I would say, uh, for this uh, organisation. And the HR director came up to me and she said, check this out. And she, it was about, I don't know, an inch thick, this PowerPoint deck printed out on her desk. And on the top, it said the company's name, Our Strategy Story. Right, and I went, oh god, that's a that's one hell of a story, right? It's it like it's like reading a bit of you know half of War and Peace, right? And uh, and I did a quick flick through, and each page was a graph, right? And it wasn't even a graph done in a data storytelling format. It was just graph upon graph upon graph, and on the top they just put, "This is your strategy story." Ah, so I just point to it and call it a story and it becomes so. Yeah, just magically is a story. Magically, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we're up against that. So remember, guys, we all know, people who listen to this podcast know that you only get the benefits of storytelling if you actually tell a story. You know, check out our story spotting framework and that will help you do that. Yeah, and just like just another example that just last week, working with with the bank, working with a division of a bank, worked with them to tell their story, to turn the strategy into a story. They've got a great strategy, by the way. It's, it's awesome. Turned it into a, use the clarity story structure, turn it into a, and the head of comms for the organization was kind of sitting in headquarters and not in the division. And she was kind of going, why are we doing this? Because we already have a strategy story and was poo-pooing it. And then once we had the story and she saw it, she just went, oh, I'm going to use this tomorrow. <laughs> this is awesome. Right. <laughs> and she realized, she realized in a moment that all of her protestations, the fact that we don't need this because we already have a story, is because they had a thing that they were calling a story when, of course, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It was just a strategy. And somebody went, well, let's call it a strategy story and everything will be fine. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think we should wrap things up, Mark. I think we've given a pretty good overview of this uh, strategy story stuff. Um, otherwise, we could be here for some time. Um, if people have any questions about strategy stories, please pop them in the, the comments section uh, or send us an email. We'd love to respond. Uh, we can do that in a, a, f- a subsequent uh, podcast episode. And yeah, and if you like the you know this uh, the whole podcasting thing that we do here at anecdotally speaking please um, give us a, a star rating a, a review uh, subscribe actually that's a very good thing subscribe to the podcast and um, yeah we'll uh, be able to keep motoring along and more people will find out about it which makes all the difference to our, our major I guess purpose which is to you know bring humanity back to organizations through the power of story so um any other last comments, Mark, before we finish up? Uh, only that I will gratefully acknowledge that uh, that was a very good time to call it on the end of the podcast because it's 27 minutes. I had no idea that we'd grab it on for that long. Um, <laughs> but there had, is a challenge. I had a feeling. I, I, a, a challenge for, for listeners. How many stories did we tell in the course of that 27 minutes? I'd be very interested in the count. That's right. And how wide the variation is in the count. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And of course, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now.
Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.